you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Once upon a time, gay marriage was new and different and cheaper than straight marriage. As time went on and everyone learned that gay marriage wasn't going to cause the apocalypse, gay marriage became more common and more expensive. We're here to say that one does not have to cause the other. We can have more LGBTQ marriages, we can keep them as non-traditional as ever, and we don't need to spend a fortune on our gay weddings. We're joined today by our friend, wedding planner, and reoccurring Queer Money guest, Amy Palafroni of Prisma Events, who's here to share seven tips for having an amazing, unique, and cost-effective wedding. Amy was our wedding planner, and we couldn't have been happier with how our special day went down, so we know she knows what she's talking about. This episode of Queer Money is being brought to you by the Budget Buster Bundle. Plan for your amazing wedding day and stay within your budget with the Budget Buster Bundle. You can get the Budget Buster Bundle at the Debt Free Guys shop at debtfreeguys.com forward slash shop. Now, on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. All right. So today we're talking about the seven cheap things gay couples can do when they're cheap. <laughs> when they're cheap, huh? We've got a returning friend, Amy Palafroni. In fact, she was our wedding planner on our show today. She's going to share some amazing tips to have a fun, cheap wedding for the fun, cheap gay. <laughs> you can still be cheap and fabulous, right? <laughs> of course. That's what these tips are great because they're they're fabulous tips. Um, they're not going to steal from your day, make you feel like anything's less than, but they'll also help you save money. And I think, unfortunately, too often for weddings, we just kind of say the sky's the limit and then it doesn't pan out so well for a budget. So welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me back. Of course. We love having you. Um, <laughs> and you did a great job for our wedding. So we wanted to share our experience with you, with our audience, and share your wealth of knowledge with our audience as well. You can yes. see, you can see a bunch of those pictures from our wedding on our Instagram account, at Debt Free Guys. We flood those every once in a while. <laughs> People are like, God, guys, we're tired of seeing your wedding pictures. <laughs> oh, I'll never get tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I will admit that we weren't ultra cheap on our wedding because we waited for 15 years to get married. <laughs> yeah. But we did use some of these tips that Amy is suggesting in one form or another. So before we get started, though, Amy, I wonder how have things evolved with gay weddings? I mean, you've been a gay wedding planner since I think before wed gay weddings were allowed. So how have things changed? And are they different now? Or are we seeing new trends, new exciting things going on? I think there are some new trends coming up. I think couples are getting more comfortable with the idea of having a wedding. They are making these celebrations or they're traveling and having amazing elopements overseas, you know, I think they're just starting to embrace it more where it took a while to get to this point. I think that couples were still wrapping their brains around it. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, we, we never thought we were going to be able to get married. So we didn't really ever think about it that much. We're loving that we're seeing more couples reach out and say, yeah, we do want to have a wedding. We want to have a celebration. And what does that look like for us? Right. And then I wonder too, are they starting to look a little bit more like a traditional wedding now that we're getting more comfortable with them? You know, that's an interesting question that I actually get asked a lot. And the thing about weddings today is that there are no rules anymore. Yay. And that goes for, <laughs> you know, straight or gay weddings. 
And that's one of the reasons that I love my job so much is because, you know, once you have all the base pieces together, who, what, where, when, it's really up to the couple to add in their own personality and celebrate their personal love story. So, Mm. you know, we definitely see some traditions carried through with our LGBT weddings, but at the same time, everybody's kind of doing it their own way. And it's much more experience-based these days than tradition-based. And I think that's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely love that. And I think that was one of the things that we loved about what we did with you for our wedding, because it wasn't just we got a location and had everybody come, but we did so much around the wedding as well as the wedding day. That's what made it so much fun. Yeah. And we actually, I use your wedding as an example um, (laughs) quite a bit for several different reasons, actually, but definitely that experienced based wedding is what people are after these days. And I don't know if it's just, you know, the millennials or, you know, Oh, Just she's including to... us with the millennials. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so kind. laughs> um, they're creating this culture of we want to do things, you know, is mm-hmm. it Instagram worthy? And, <laughs> uh, you know, all the all those pieces that are now falling into this puzzle of putting on these different celebrations. So, yeah, that experience part is becoming a bigger goal for a lot of couples. Nice. I nice. like it. Fun trends. Okay, so let's dive in. So what uh, what are the seven things that we can do to uh, have a fabulous yet cheaper gay wedding? <laughs> well, of course, we never want to use the word cheap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Affordable. <laughs> Affordable, <laughs> inexpensive, frugal, um, but not cheap. You know, we're, not, <laughs> we're not going to the dollar store. Yeah. yeah, we've got some really easy, just kind of fundamental things to think about to help you save money in a couple different areas of planning a wedding and still have a fun, awesome celebration. So the first one I would say is to forego the bridal party. And we see this a little bit more with our LGBT couples than with our straight couples, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those traditional pieces that it doesn't have to go away. But if you're looking to save some dollars in the long run, that's an easy way to do it. You can still have your favorite people. They can even still walk down the aisle if you want and just be seated. But you don't necessarily need to do florals, you know, bouquets and boutonnieres. All those little things add up when you have a bridal party or even bridal party gifts. You know, that's a pretty traditional piece. So Foregoing the bridal party and just keeping your ceremony really focused on the two of you is, you know, one quick and easy way just to cut out some line items. Right. And that's um, one thing that we did. We didn't have a traditional bridal party. It was mostly about David and me, but we did ours a little bit different because we didn't actually have a church. I mean, we didn't really have like a main station, I guess, where we kind of said our vows, but we had our friends stand around us. And then we had certain people stand immediately around us. Um, the they inner kind of circle. held hands <laughs> for, as like a inner circle for us while they, David and me and our minister, I guess, officiant, officiant yeah. said our wedding vows for us. And that was uh, yeah. very special. I thought I liked that. Oh, yeah. The circle of love. That was one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) And then number two, we almost tried, but it didn't really work out, I think, because our wedding was in a wind tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that would be, you know, doing more of a reception style with food stations rather than doing a, you know, traditional plated meal or a full buffet. For your wedding, we did family style, which I really love because it just gets people talking to each other. But it's not necessarily going to save you much in the long run. That reception style is an easy way to save a lot of money in ways you might not think. Because when we do reception style, we're talking about creating a different ambiance. So that usually looks like a mixture of tables. Um, maybe you have a handful of traditional round tables that can seat, you know, eight to 10 people. And then you have some cocktail tables spread around. So it's going to be obvious that not everybody is going to have a seat. You know, they're not going to be seated for a traditional meal. So that's going to save you money because you're not decorating 15 tables. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 15 linens. That's 15 more chairs times 10. Right, you know, all right. that stuff adds up. So you do this reception style where people can really kind of mix and mingle. I love doing the stations. It's a great way to incorporate different cuisines. If you have a mixed culture, it's awesome. You know, we've mm-hmm. had couples that are, you know, one is Mexican and one is from the South. So we had a tamale station next to a chicken and waffle station (laughs) (laughs) of, you know, but giving people the option to try different cuisines and kind of mix and match. But it saves you so much money in the long run because you're setting up this less full seated type dinner Mm -hmm. and giving people, you know, the chance just to kind of do it on their own and enjoy it and have a lot of fun. Right. And I think some of the things we talked about at once, we were thinking about maybe doing sort of an an around the world kind of station or having like different kinds of like one, like would be like a bread station and one would be like a meat and cheese station. So there's all sorts of like themes or adventures you can take your guests on with this style of a reception. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think my, my one little tidbit to go along with that, however, is if you choose to do a, a style of service that way, make sure that you're having that conversation with your parents and maybe your grandparents. (laughs) Um, Because we've definitely run into that where, you know, the older family members or the older guests, they don't get it. They don't understand what's going on. So I think just having that conversation and making sure your guests understand the feeling that you're trying to create with Mm. that type of a celebration. Right. You know, one of the things I I, I love about that type of celebration is, and you did this a little bit with ours because we did have a few of the cocktail tables with food and different types of setup, is that if you have a small wedding where you're bringing together a group of people that don't, not everyone knows each other, it's a great way for people to start to mix and mingle with people and get to know because they meet at the food table. They meet at the cocktail or wine table, or they meet at these different places, and they kind of start conversations. That's one of the that was one of the big worries that we had with such a small wedding. We had our friends group and family groups were kind of broken into a couple of segments, and we were worried that right. they weren't going to mix very well. Um, not not that we don't we worried about our friends, but we just didn't want there to be a separation. And because of your doing that, once we sat down for dinner, it was amazing how everybody got along so well. <laughs> yeah, 
it didn't hurt that there were giant bottles of wine on every table as well. But <laughs> well, our friends do have some expectations. <laughs> Everyone here knows that we like wine. Yeah. The other thing we also did with that was because we did have such a small group of friends there and we didn't want sort of people to go off in their normal uh, circles, we assigned seating and we sat people who together who didn't know each other, but that we thought would possibly get along. And I think that kind of while you sat there for the hour and a half or two two hours while they ate the kind of drinking that gigantic bottle of wine, um, <laughs> then they got to know each other. And by the time dancing started, everybody was best friends. Yep, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. And I know that my husband and I were seated at a table with people that we didn't know before. And, and you came by and said, I wanted to make sure you met this person. <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys were very thoughtful about that. But it does, it does lend itself to making sure people meet each other and get to know each other. And they're all there to celebrate you. So they all have a reason to be there. And it's fun to see people find other common ground rather than just the two of you. you know? Right. Well, it, and I think that that was what was kind of interesting with p- sitting people together who didn't necessarily know each other is what we started hearing people say is, so how did you guys meet John and David? Or how, who did right. you know first? Or And that's how the conversation started. And then people started yeah. telling stories. And then what was interesting is that some of them, p- people said, oh, well, we probably, maybe we've met before, or maybe right. I was at that party too, or, or you how know. have we not met before? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number three is bringing us into the digital age. Yes. Um, And we're starting to see a lot more of this from all of our couples as well. And that is using all digital invitations and RSVPs. So there are so many really easy, mostly free options out there for digital invitations and RSVP tracking. Obviously, the Knot is probably one of the bigger ones. Zola is another one. Minted is definitely catching up to those. And we love using Minted a lot for the digital and the paper imitations when we do those. But yeah, that's just one of those pieces of the puzzle that people don't really think about how it affects your budget. And, you know, even for an inexpensive printed invitation, you're still looking around $2.50 per invitation. So you times that times, you know, a hundred and stamps and all the extra pieces and it adds up quickly. So moving into those digital invitations, again, lots of free options out there. Most of your people, you're going to have their email addresses or you can easily get them. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. You know, we do have couples that say, my grandmother has to have a paper invitation. (laughs) (laughs) And that is totally fine. You know, again, you kind of pick and choose those traditional pieces you want to carry through with your wedding. And that's an easy thing to do. You as easy as printing it yourself at home. You go on Etsy and buy a, a digital download for $3 and you know, print 10 invitations and send those to the the people that you know want that paper invitation. But really moving everything into that digital side, you know, that's the age that we're in, like you said. So well, I, Yeah, I think it's just the natural evolution of things. I understand the, the, the classiness and the quaintness of getting something in the mail with all the sheets of tissue paper and stuff inside. <laughs> but I think it's just people are becoming more well acquainted with using digital technology. It also saves paper, so it's better for the environment. Um, sure. Maybe it puts a postman out of work, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, I, I just think it's and for us, we did a sort of more of an event style wedding where we had events before, during, and after the wedding day that we wanted people to participate as they wanted to. And having we did ours through the not, the knot, I think, and having yeah. every our entire schedule um, and individual RSVPs for each of the different events allowed people to pick and choose what they wanted to participate in, and then we could predict how many you know spaces we need or how much money we needed or whatever. Right. And yeah, I mean, it it's gonna, aside from saving you money and paper and all of that, it saves the couple a lot of time, which is really the hottest commodity these days. You know, people are trying to plan a wedding, but you still have full time jobs. So figuring all that out, you know, how to manage all of that can be stressful. And when you do it all digital, and have it linked up to that online RSVP, that's saving the couple a ton of time from, you know, addressing envelopes and taking them to the post office and then waiting for them to come back and then tracking your RSVPs. So yeah, there's a lot of pluses to doing that digital invitation and RSVP. Gotcha. Nice. So I love that idea. And then number four, this might create some animosity amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not paying for your wedding, so who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and that would be to elope, of course. Um, you know, here in Colorado, we see a lot of elopements. Colorado is a little unique in the fact that you can essentially marry yourselves. So um, it's very easy to get married here. You pretty much just have to go to the courthouse, the both of you together with your IDs and get your marriage certificate and they give it to you right then and you can wander into the forest if you want and say some <laughs> vows and sign it and send it back and you're married. <laughs> I know in Texas, you have to go apply for the you know, marriage certificate and then wait 30 days to even get it. Oh, so wow. in Colorado, because of that, we see a lot of elopements, which, you know, I love doing those smaller engagements as well. But yeah, if it's something personal, and I feel that we see that a lot more with our LGBT couples, in mm -hmm. fact, that they have more private ceremonies, or they do go and elope and then have a party afterwards. So that emotional level is probably the main difference I see between our straight couples and our LGBT couples. Yeah. And yeah, that stems back to, you know, they're just happy they can get married. <laughs> and so there is a different level of emotional commitment, if you will, to seeing our gay couples exchange vows. Mm -hmm. And so I think they take that very personally. Yeah. So yeah, we see this a lot where they will just go and elope or have a private ceremony and then have just a fun, non-stressful party to celebrate afterwards. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I love that. I think that's because behind us, there aren't centuries of this is the way you're supposed to do it. Yep. Right? Where we are, yeah, we have the traditional wedding model. And I think that there are some of us who, whether you're a man or a woman, <laughs> dreamed of walking down the aisle in that white dress or right. in that tux with tails on it. But we've also said that that's not 
for me because that's that model. That's the that's the right. model of the traditional world, and that's not the way I want to do it because I can do it whatever way I want to. And I love the fact that you're starting to see this happen with other weddings as well. That with with traditional couples that they're doing the same thing that they're saying we're going to do this the way we want to do it. And that's you know that's really the point here with this list is do it the way you want to do it. What makes Absolutely. you happy and we know that the financial costs of weddings stress a lot of couples out and that financial stress can lead to the breakdown of what is most important to you and that's your relationship. So that's part yeah, of the reason sure. why we're bringing this in is we can all jump in and spend easily we could have spent $100,000 on a wedding. You know, we all want that fabulous over the top, but what is it going to do to your relationship afterwards? Yeah, I totally agree. And there actually are statistics out there that say if you have a larger, more expensive wedding, your marriage is less likely to last. Wow. <laughs> really? Interesting. Um, I have seen those before. Of course, I don't tell my clients that. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it really comes down to doing it the way that you want to. And, you know, I do have a little break in my heart when I have a younger straight couple where the bride is saying, well, I have to have this because my mom had this oh. and I have to do it this way because this is how my grandma did it. And while I love those traditions, there are some times that you can tell it's taking away from what they would have chosen on their own. Yeah. So I'm happy that we're seeing people really take it to this is how we want to tell our story. And this is how we want to thank the people that have supported us and been there for us and give it that personal touch. Right. Nice. I love it. And then the next one, quite honestly, might be the most important thing on this list. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe music is a little bit more important, but this is at least a close second. <laughs> well, I know if I didn't have an open bar at my wedding, nobody would come to it. So, <laughs> um, yes, we are talking about stocking the bar yourself. So this is going to depend mostly on your venue. Uh, if you're able to be at a venue where you can bring in your own alcohol, you can end up saving a lot of money in the long run. I've had couples that have just watched out for sales. And anytime their favorite wine was on sale, they would buy a case or two and just start stockpiling through that whole engagement period, which is kind of neat because it creates that excitement when you have a tangible piece. And we talk about that a lot when we're designing with our clients, um, designing their weddings, because so much of it is conceptual for a very long time. So having you know a tangible piece, even if it's a couple cases of wine, you know, that continues that excitement for the planning process. So one fun thing that we've seen some clients do is for their engagement party, they're having a stock the bar party, uh, which means that everybody that's invited to their engagement party is going to show up with a bottle. And it could oh. be wine or a spirit, you know, whatever. But you just start stockpiling and getting things ready for for the wedding. And that's a smart idea. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a really yeah. smart idea. 
And your, friend, um, your friends can fund your bar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, they're going to drink it anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. So buy um, what you like. Otherwise, you're going to have to drink the swell. <laughs> exactly. The other thing is do some research. You know, here locally, we've got some really great liquor stores that make it super easy to order for large events. Um, most of them have free delivery. It's going to get delivered cold. Um, they can do all the cups and ice and mixers for you. Mm. And then if you have unbroken cases, they have a buyback program. Oh, so sweet. making sure that you're doing some research and comparing pricing between liquor stores, if you decide to do it that way. I know there's one here that we work with most often that they will even price match to other liquor stores. So oh, um, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, great way to make sure that you're you know getting the most for your dollar. Nice. Yeah, we we didn't have an unbroken case in our. We did not have an unbroken case, <laughs> which made cleaning up a little bit there easier. Was much <laughs> left over after your wedding. <laughs> there was not a whole lot left. Actually, there was one bottle of Vouve, and that came all the way to Pennsylvania with us. <laughs> oh, nice. Good. You can hang on to that for your anniversary coming up. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> we, oh. we already drank it. <laughs> it's a little late for that, but thankfully they continue to make Vouve. There you go. <laughs> and then number. Six, I think this is, number six is a great idea because not only can it help save on the cost of your wedding, it can actually help somebody else's career as Absolutely. they're just getting started out. Yeah, I love this one. Um, it's actually something that I had never even thought about until we had a client uh, utilize it. But it was we are saying to support your alma mater or your local university or college program. Students are wonderful for this because they are eager and they want to learn and they want to get into the industry somehow, you know, one way or another. And this is a great opportunity. So reaching out to your local educational system for, you know, students for live music, for photography, for videography, even for hair and makeup. Most of the time, you're going to pay very little for these services because they are students. And obviously, you know, everybody has their priority. So if photo is a your number one thing, you really want these amazing photos, you're probably not going to go with a student. But if you're on the fence about something and you say, hey, you know, we've got this DJ booked and I'd love to have some live music, but it's not really in our budget, go to your students and you can hire a trio or a quartet of students to play live music for your ceremony and maybe your cocktail hour for fractions of the cost of a traditional, you know, professional band. Right. Nice. I like that. Do you yeah. have any suggestions with that on how to vet the students a little bit? Do they typically have, or are they working on a portfolio at some point in school or any idea to like test it before you actually commit, even if it's something that's not the most important to you? Absolutely. And because you're not going straight to the students, you should be able to find some information on those college websites and those university sites to get interns or you know whatever that may be. So mm -hmm. they themselves are going to be working on portfolios and hopefully they'll have something to share with you, but you're going to deal directly with the faculty. So uh, okay. they're going to be able to pick who's going to you know, be the best fit for you. Right. So you're kind of getting a recommendation from the school in a way. And then from that, you can kind of narrow down the recommendations that they give you. 
Absolutely. That's cool. I like that idea. That's really cool. And like I said, I, I love that idea because you're not only are you helping yourself save money, but you're helping somebody start their career. And that could be a great platform for them to, to launch their career after they graduate. Absolutely. We used a student for video for one of our clients and you know, video wasn't a huge, important piece to them. But you know, video can be just as expensive, if not more as photography. Mm-hmm. So this couple had gone to the University of Colorado at Denver and reached out to them and they were you know, matched up with a student who was a you know, aspiring videographer and I actually ended up working with him several times oh, wow. and being able to introduce him to other people in the industry and other photographers and videographers and give him some feedback. And, you know, I still follow up on his YouTube page to see what <laughs> he's doing today. Nice. Um, so that's been really cool. You know, just a young, eager kid who wants to learn and obviously wasn't the best quality video, but they have some video of their wedding, you know? Right. Well, you know what I think what this kind of highlights, and this is kind of the case with all of these is that you really, if you sit down and take a little bit of time to just think outside the norm of what are some unique ways that we can provide the experience that we want, you're going to find ways that you can cut costs and trade out the more expensive things that yes, in themselves are fun, but you can trade them out with something that isn't less expensive. As as John and I always say, the NSE, the not so expensive, there are plenty <laughs> of ways to do things that you love without it having to be so expensive. And sometimes it's those unique things, these kind of outside the norm things that people will remember about the event over other events that they've been to. And then you're you're making a memorable wedding as well as one where everybody's having a good time. Yeah. And I think everybody wants that. You know, that's something that we talk about with our clients is we say, what's the what? And that means, what is it about your wedding that people are going to come in and go, they did what? <laughs> and make that, you know, have that memorable experience. So yeah, what's the what that's going to make it stand out? And it could be, hey, I went to see you and they hired the student f- videographer and I thought that was so cool. Different pieces are going to inspire different people. But yeah. Um, yeah, thinking outside that traditional wedding box and you know, coming up with these different ideas of how to still have a great celebration, but doing it your own way. Absolutely. I I don't think that, well, this definitely wasn't intentional, but it turns out in hindsight, the what, the what of our wedding, because it was an outside venue was the lavish loo. (laughs) people are still talking about that bathroom (laughs) it's one of the nicest bathrooms they've ever seen and it was a portable bathroom (laughs) with air conditioning and fresh scents and everything (laughs) i could not get over people walking back from those restrooms and telling the next person but have you been in the bathroom (laughs) you know that was something that was a priority for your venue for your wedding you know we needed to have these extra restrooms the house that we were at the septic couldn't handle that many people at one time so we brought in these you know amazingly well done portable restrooms again it's the lavish loo and 
they're actually very well priced for yeah for what I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, Yeah, we love working with those guys. (laughs) Uh, Just to cap off on number six before we go to number seven, you know, if you're going to be reaching out to a local college to see if you can hire a student to do your music or your photography or your hair and makeup, and if it's important to you to keep the money in the family, maybe reach out to the LGBTQ organization on that campus to see if anybody within the uh, LGBTQ organization does something like that for you, and you can maybe consider them as a candidate for for the position. For sure. That's a, a great point to make. Thank you. I do have good ideas <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> All right. And then number seven, um, I love this because it's what we did. So I'll let you take it. <laughs> and that is to be creative with your venue. People have different visions for their wedding. And that's what we love to figure out. And it could be a you know, beautiful ballroom at the Broadmoor. It could be, you know, in Vail at the Donovan Pavilion. Or it can be an Airbnb or a park or a brewery or renting out a restaurant. You know, there's a lot of different places that you can call them up and say, hey, what will it be to do a buyout of your restaurant? Or breweries, of course, are very popular here in Colorado. You know, if you call up a brewery and say, hey, I'm going to bring in 70 people and run a tab all night, and can we have some extra food trucks? Chances are they're going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But that can also flow into other areas of savings where you know you pick the right place, and it might be a beautiful park that you don't need to do a bunch of decor and extra floral and things like that because the spot that you're in is pretty enough that you don't want to detract from that. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on, you know, what your what your vision is, but again, thinking outside that ballroom, I like mm-hmm. to say, <laughs> and seeing what what other options are out there and your wedding again, definitely one of our favorites because it worked out so well. And, you know, John and David were able to rent this awesome ranch. I think it slept 12 and a bunch of open space. And we tented it and, you know, danced under the stars. And we didn't have to do a whole lot to make it look awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen the pictures or who aren't, uh, haven't heard of us talk about this before, John came to me and said, I found this perfect place for our wedding. It's a log cabin. And I was like, a what? (laughs) Um, Because we lived in a relatively modern, mid-century modern building in Denver. We both have this kind of modern aesthetic. And neither of us have really been that kind of, I would say, outdoorsy rancher kind of people. I just never thought, I mean, when he said that, I was like, I don't own cowboy boots or a cowboy hat. What is going on in your head? But when we actually got the quote and we started talking about the numbers and the number of people that could stay there with us and that we were going to turn our wedding into basically for us a week-long celebration with our friends who would some were coming in beforehand and some of them were staying longer afterwards it made financial sense to us because we would have spent that much money on a hotel anyway <laughs> and on top of it we got to have some of our friends stay with us and we got all these experiences for that whole time period. So the number itself wasn't 
a low number, but what we got for it. Sometimes you have to look at the bang for your buck as well when you're spending. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on when working with our clients is that I'm going to tell them if I think something is dumb. Yeah. And you told us several times. That was what I loved is several times you said, let's not do that. You're just going to waste your money on that. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, not to to our own horn, of course, but, you know, wedding planners, that's a line item on wedding budgets that a lot of people will skip over. And in the long run, we can save you a lot of money. And it's that professional experience that I can say, hey, you know what? I know you think it's cute. It's all over Pinterest, but nobody (laughs) cares about that. So don't spend money there. Let's put that money towards something else that's a higher priority that you really do want and, you know, helping you make those decisions. And I know this, this is kind of off the list, but I think it, (laughs) it applies. You know, for instance, we have so many vendor relationships And we don't take any kickbacks from our vendors. So if, for instance, our rental company that we work with most often, they offer us a 10% discount. We pass that on to our clients. You know, we're not getting a check at the end of the year with all those 10% piled up. We're passing that on to the client. And we do that in several areas. So our goal is to make sure you're getting everything that you want and celebrating exactly how you want without having to take a second mortgage out. I mean, if you want to spend $75,000, we'll help you spend $75,000. But if you don't have that budget, we're going to sit down and say, okay, what do we have to work with? What are your priorities? Where can we stretch your dollar the most you know, in several of these areas and point you in the right direction to, you know, not only help you make those decisions financially, but pairing you with the right vendors to fit your vision and your budget. Yeah. And Amy, you brought up something that when we were talking before the podcast that I had not heard of, and I see this as a potential way that some couples may be able to also get some support and help. It almost sounds like there's this, there's maybe different levels of service that planners can provide. You mentioned something called month of. Um, Yeah. So maybe you could just kind of talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So we actually offer several different options for our clients. We have our month of package, which we call wedding management. And that's just a flat rate. It doesn't matter your guest count or your budget. It's just a flat rate. And we're there to support those couples. They still have unlimited you know, phone and email access to us for any support that they need. But that package is great for the couple that either wants to do it all themselves, you know, they have the time and they really enjoy it and they're comfortable sourcing and contracting with their vendors or they've done it all and then they just want to turn it over to us and let us manage everything those last, you know, 30 to 60 days up until the wedding. And you know, we're still giving them that stress-free day because we're taking over everything, but you know, they're not paying our full service rate because they want to do the planning themselves. And that's perfect. You know, we're still going to 
give them vendor recommendations if they need it and point them in the right direction. But they're really handling all the detail stuff ahead of time. We also have a partial planning package, and that's great for couples who have you know, started the process. Maybe they've gotten a couple of the bigger pieces done, like they've booked their venue and probably their photographer and their caterer, and then they start to get overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we got the big stuff done. Uh, now I don't know where to start with the rest of the things and filling in the holes. And so we can pick up from there and help them you know, the rest of the way through. Our full service package, of course, is going to be for clients that probably have a little bit of a larger budget and they maybe don't have time to do all the planning or they just don't want to. You know, just because people want to have a wedding doesn't mean they want to plan a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to show up and be beautiful. Exactly. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Amy and I had a lot of meetings, Mr. Auden. (laughs) What I was going to say is, first of all, thanks for that explanation, Amy. But for those of you who are considering getting married, I think one of the things that I valued the most with working with Amy was when it came to heading out to the wedding, that week of the wedding, we had friends coming into town that we hadn't seen in some cases for years. And we wanted to be able to spend time with them. And had we not worked with Amy or worked with a planner, we would have been doing stuff when our friends were there to be with us, we wouldn't have been able to be with our friends. So as Amy says, there's a cost there associated with all of these. But sometimes the trade off of the cost is the fact that you actually get to enjoy the reason everybody is there rather than freaking out that something isn't working exactly the way that you had planned. That's what Amy's job was. And she did it (laughs) fine. (laughs) And we always tell our clients if and when something goes wrong, our goal is to make sure that you don't even know about it. You know, unless I have to consult with you on something, if there's an issue, we're going to take care of it. And the night's just going to keep going on and it's going to be uninterrupted. And when you are the one planning all of it and you're the only one that knows all the details, you can't walk away from that. Right. Or, you know, you're enlisting your friends or family members to be in charge of certain things. You've now given them a job that takes them away from being able to celebrate. So bringing in a planner, even for that month of package to be there and take over all those details. Yeah. You know, what's the price tag on you actually getting to feel like a guest at your own wedding? Right. Great ideas. I love all these. Um, And obviously, there are numerous wedding planners out there, but you can only have the best one. (laughs) And so where could our listeners uh, find out more information about you and your services? And obviously, you do a lot of services in Denver. Do you do anything outside of Denver and Colorado? We will travel wherever you want to send us. (laughs) (laughs) We do mostly work in Colorado. And again, just we are so lucky to have a lot of really amazing options for getting married here. So about half of our clients every year are out of state and our destination to Colorado. So, you know, we're very well versed in helping people plan when they can't be here. But we we have done some out of state weddings and we are absolutely open to that for sure. But across Colorado, you you can find us on our website, which is Prisma Events, LLC.com. 
Of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well, at Prisma Events Colorado on Instagram. We're in a lot of great local listings here. You can find us on coloradogayweddings.com and several other you know, LGBT-specific sites, um, as well as traditional you know, searchable sites as well. Yeah, nice. we'll definitely link up to those in the show notes so you can see more of Amy and her team's work. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for finding time in your busy schedule to join us with some amazing tips to kick off the wedding season. We appreciate having you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Amy, for joining us for such a fun topic. We want everyone who wants to have an amazing wedding day without the wedding hangover. We all saw that movie. If you want to work with Amy, please visit prismaeventsllc.com. Finally, this episode of Queer Money was brought to you by the Budget Buster Bundle. Plan for your amazing wedding day and stay within your budget with the Budget Buster Bundle. You can get the Budget Buster Bundle at debtfreeguys.com forward slash shop. Talk with you next week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.